Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Good evening, everyone. This is Evangelist Alfreda Lockett Evans, and you're listening to the Empowered Word of Faith podcast. Tonight, I have a very important question that many people should be asking now, particularly particularly because of what's going on with the coronavirus. That question, if you are not saved, should be, what must I do to be saved? Listen, no one on the face of the earth can blame God for missing heaven. Romans 1 and 20 lets us know that we're all without excuse. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This scripture lets us know that even the invisible things about God are understood based on the things that we can see. We cannot look at the sky, the stars, the trees, little birds, or even bugs and not know that some greater power created them. Knowing what we do know about them should then set in motion a desire to know the true and living God. Titus 2 and 11 states, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. Now this scripture assures us that he will present his grace to every man. Now, how God presents his grace to every man is in the mind and heart of God. I don't know how he's going to do that, but he's sovereign. He's God. Only God can do such a thing. But at some point in every life, God is going to assure that his grace, his opportunity to be saved is offered to every man or woman. The question is, what will each man or woman do with their opportunity to be saved? Every human being on the face of the earth must come to a point where he asks the question, what must I do to be saved? Now, embedded within this question is a realization that you are lost and in need of a Savior. At some level, we all know that there is something on the other side of this life, and God assures us that his grace will be shown to everyone. In the 16th chapter of Acts, Paul and Silas, two missionaries for Jesus Christ, were in Philippi, preaching and teaching the word of God. Because of the power of their ministry, they angered some of the Jewish community by casting the devil out of a damsel who had the spirit of divination. They were beaten, thrown into jail, and their feet were fastened in stocks. But these men of God received a miracle of deliverance. Acts 16, 25 through 26 says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. Now, instead of being in prison, crying about their situation and Uh, bemoaning their circumstances, what did they do? They sang and they praised God. Verse 27 says, And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. 
Now, you know, if you or I were in a prison cell and we were suddenly loosed by an earthquake, we would have broken out immediately, right? But Paul and Silas were in tune with God and they waited for further instructions from God. Apparently, so did the other prisoners. The jailer knew that if all of the prisoners had broken out on his watch, he was as good as dead. So he decided to kill himself before his superiors killed him. But listen at verse 28 and 29. Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. When the jailer discovered that the prisoners had not escaped, he knew that there was something supernatural going on. He knew that God had intervened. He fell on his knees before these men of God, and he humbled himself as we are instructed to do in 1 Peter 5 and 6, which says, Humble thyself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. The 30th verse in Acts chapter 16 says that the jailer asked one of the most important questions that every human being must ask. He said, and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? When we realize the truth of our need to be saved, we must take advantage of the opportunity for salvation that God presents. That opportunity may be a track that someone hands you on a street corner, or it may be a blog that you just happen to read, or it may be a podcast that got your attention. It might be a song that you hear. It might be a message such as the one you're listening to right now entitled, What Must I Do to Be Saved? Some of you may have heard the word of God preached in times past, but it didn't really sink in that it was meant for you. You could be the one who suddenly realizes that you have been given at least one opportunity to be saved, but you rejected it. Well, for you, it is not too late because this is another opportunity given unto you. Some individuals reject their opportunity for salvation thinking that time is on their side or that God will continue to give additional time and opportunities in the future. But what you need to know is that that type of thinking is of the devil. He will continue to entice you to wait and accept the invitation the next time it's offered. He will continue to encourage you to procrastinate all the way up until you find yourself in hell. Do it the next time, he will say, until it's too late for you. Hebrew 3 and 15 says, Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. None of us knows exactly where or when our death will occur. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. So we must take care of the business of today on today. Hebrew 9 and 27 says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Surely there is no one who believes he's going to live here on earth in his current state forever. We've seen too many people leave here through death to believe that lie. 
In our minds, however, we often see our death as an event that is in the distant future. Others simply refuse to think about their death because the thought is too scary. But the truth of the matter is, our death might be sooner than any of us may think. The coronavirus that's raging now is making it abundantly clear that death could soon be a reality for any and all of us. Eventually, we must take the blinders off of our eyes and realize that death is truly coming. And knowing that the first part of Hebrew 9 and 27 is correct, then the second part of that scripture must also be true. And that second part says, and after this, the judgment. There is a judgment day coming, people. Anyone who finds himself standing at the great white throne judgment will be there because they did not have Jesus Christ, God's precious gift of salvation, as their Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ died for us so that we might all be saved. But friend, you do not have to be there because you are being given an opportunity to be saved by accepting Jesus Christ. You do not have to be in that great white throne judgment after you die. Now, the jealous question, what must I do to be saved, was answered in verses 31 and 32. And those scriptures say, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord, and to all that were in his house. Paul and Silas did what saints and ministers of Jesus Christ are attempting to do for lost mankind every day. They helped the jailer and his whole house to understand the word of God. They told them what they needed to do to be saved. Romans 10 and 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 1 John 1 and 9 tells us, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Acts 1 and 8 says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I strongly encourage each of you who is listening to this podcast to examine yourself and get saved, get sanctified, get filled with the Holy Ghost so that you can live with God forever. God has made salvation a relatively simple process for us because Jesus did the hard work when he died for us. God did the hard work of giving his only begotten son so that we might have a right to the tree of life. Romans 10 and 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Repeating these are similar words and believing them with all of your heart will get you saved. Hear the words. I can say them, I can tell you what to say, but you have to provide the meaning. You have to mean it with all of your heart to the saving of your soul. Father, I'm sorry. I have done things in my life that I know have not been pleasing unto you. Please forgive me of all of my sins. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. 
And Father, if you will save me, I will live for you for the rest of my life. Give me the power to live a life that's pleasing to you. Give me the Holy Ghost. Now, if you said those words or similar words, if you meant it with all of your heart, the angels in heaven just wrote your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And he will give you eternal life if you ask for it. May God bless you all. Now, if you want to know more about your new life in Christ, I'm going to recommend a website for you. Go to https colon forward slash forward slash www.fghtorg. That's my church's website. And this is the church where God brought me out of sin and shame. And I highly recommend Full Gospel Holy Temple Church.